Hey everyone, welcome to Age of Reason. Today uh, we have a guest on the show, but before I introduce him back, I just want to say a big congratulations to SpaceX because what they achieved on Sunday was absolutely monumental and it could be one of those huge launches really that propels the nation and other nations as well into the 21st century property. So I think it's going to start a kind of race, not just between America and Russia, but also China's going to jump in there, Japan's going to jump in there, India as well, and other countries. And I think it's good because we can't rely on governmental agencies anymore since they don't have enough money to do it. So the only way to accelerate the pace is to go through a commercial space program. So I'm very happy that they did it. And I, of course, I look forward that they come back home safely later on. Uh, so without further ado, I introduce again Jeremy Deschner. So it's been a long time. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing fine, man. Thank you for having me back on. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, well, why don't we jump right into the topics here? And I think you wanted to talk a little bit about the police brutality in the States. Okay, so um, police brutality is not something new. It, it happens to a lot of people. I've seen it happen firsthand. A friend of mine got grabbed by the throat by a cop when, he, when we were just high school kids. And um, we learned from a very young age that uh, growing up in Dallas that you just didn't mess around with cops. You, you don't want to be around them if possible. But if you have to have some kind of interaction with them, if they pull you over or something, you know, the, the key is you want to survive. So you put your hands on the steering wheel. You don't make any stupid remarks, you know. But no matter what precautions you take, there's still going to be people out there who are just racist assholes. And that seems to have been the case this time. And, and um, when they put Floyd on the ground and they, they put their knee on his neck, it's not only holding his head to the ground, which is painful enough, but you have, uh, as a human being, you have these two arteries that run through your neck. And if somebody pushes on those, like you, I think when you're little kids, you play this game in school where you push on someone's neck and they pass out. It's a very dangerous game to play. But... When a full-grown man has his weight down on your on your neck, right there across that artery, no more blood gets to your brain. It's like having a mini stroke, and that's eventually what killed him. A couple of years ago, uh, because I was looking for other hosts for the show, and so I got this email from this one insane lady that lives in Japan, and she wrote me she wrote me this very long ass email with like really racist stuff in there, and you know, of course, she denies the Holocaust, etc. And uh, I mean, I was like really surprised because you you live in Japan, right? So it must be really hell for you to be here and be surrounded by, let's be honest, these people, they think of Jap Japanese people like yellow monkeys, okay? Let, let's just be kind of clear about that. Um, it's It sucks and it's disgusting. And it's just like in America, we have white people who think black people are monkeys as well. We just have to say that. It's unfortunate because, you know, it, it, it's... it's um. It's systemic, and it's also passed down from generation to generation. And what happens is you see a lot of these people uh, who are like that. They stay in their own little groups. They don't venture outside. They probably live 50 miles or within 50 miles of where they were born. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, don't, they don't have any outside influence. You and I are very fortunate. Uh, we've, we've lived all over the world in different countries, exposed to different languages, different ways of thinking, different cultures. And I think uh, overall it makes us more tolerant. But uh, unfortunately, there's some people, like I said before, who are just like in their small group and never get outside of that group. 
Yeah, I think it's also like interesting because in America, we have just a lot of issues right now. We have, you know, 75% of workers who live paycheck to paycheck. We have people who can't afford a $1,000 surgery, who don't take the ambulance to go to the hospital because one ambulance ride costs 2000 bucks. Um, it's just like a mountain of problems and they're not getting fixed. Yeah, um, let's go back to what you were talking about. Like uh, the people who live like paycheck to paycheck and who can't afford to go to the doctor. So they, they'll sit there with like really terrible diseases or wait until they're almost dying and, and have to go, you know, then have to go to the hospital. Then it's probably going to be even more because they might need a surgery now that they could have avoided. But uh, yeah, that, that's unfortunately the way it goes in the States. Sometimes people are just barely, barely getting by. So, I mean, what do you do? What what what's the answer to that? I don't have all the answers. I don't I don't think you have all the answers. I don't know what to say, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the only well, let's talk about presidential candidates for a while. I think the only presidential candidate that was proposing um like real change was Bernie Sanders, but the first time he was buried by the DNC and the second time I feel like the people turned the back on him. And you know, there are many reasons for that. I think one reason is that he built his entire movement as anti-establishment. So he was saying like the the establishment is bad, is evil. Hey, here comes Joe Biden from the establishment. My good friend, come here, let's give a hug. And that's just the worst thing you can do. Uh, I really like, I'm angry at the people who advised him because they were, they're just terrible people, I think. And they don't know how to win a campaign. Right. Well, you can look at the, the Democratic Party now. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I was either Democratic or Republican. I'm kind of just like let the best guy win right uh but uh look at the party right now they're just trying to grab power they don't really care about like winning a campaign first you have trump who's an incumbent he's also an actor he was a yeah. he's a, a television personality he knows how to act in front of a camera this is the same thing that happened you know back in the day with, between nixon and kennedy you know kennedy knew how to be in front of a camera knew how to appeal to people in his audience and it's the same thing is going to happen now. You got Joe Biden, who's basically dying on camera. Yeah, he's he's having mental mental collapse. He's having lots of issues, and uh, he he and he's going up against Trump, who's always taken the the path of like making fun of his opponents, giving them silly nicknames, you know, making them look stupid to like the average person, and he's just falling right for that trap. And like you said before, Bernie Sanders got got screwed over by the DNC. They didn't want him to run. He could have. He could have beat Trump both times now in, in in the election before. And what they're doing now is they're just putting up people like Biden, who I can't in a in an honest capacity. I can't vote for Biden, man, because that guy's not all there mentally. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying the exact same thing. It's just, you know, he's there, but we're just not going to vote for him. And it's. And I also disagree with the thing that if you don't vote for Biden, then it's a vote for Trump. That's just not true. Uh, if you don't vote, that's a zero. That's it. It's very simple. Well, what happens is that the um, election gets decided by a very small amount of people. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't want to see Trump win again, but I can tell you what's going to happen. He's going to win again because Joe Biden doesn't give me confidence, right? When we voted, right. when we voted for Obama, Obama had everything going against him, right? He was a black man, and there had never been a black president before. And, you know, he was a new guy, relatively new. And, you know, he was going out there, and, and people were doing, like, the birther movement against him and all this crazy shit. But the one thing he did that helped him win, 
is he inspired us with confidence. Like every time, like if you look back on 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 the Obama administration, which I have a lot of problems with because I don't think everything he did was great, but the one thing he could do was he could talk to people, and that's where Trump fucks up because Trump, he says the wrong thing at the wrong time and yeah. doesn't stand by what he says and then tries to lie about it when we have technology where we can just where every second of his life is basically on tape and everybody who's like an audio file or a video file can go through every second of every speech and come back and say bro you did say that right and instead of and instead of taking responsibility and saying well i've changed my mind or i've i've learned some more since then or um i was wrong then but here's what i think now you know he doesn't do that he just goes no it wasn't me Oh, I didn't do that. And then, you know, everyone's like, man, you're just like a big, a big toddler. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, you don't inspire any confidence in, in us at all. Absolutely. No, I think uh, the interesting thing is that I think Trump is there to really put in a libertarian agenda, because remember that libertarians, they are against the big government. They hate government. So he's in that sense, Trump is doing a great job at destroying the little confidence that people have in Congress and the Senate anyway. Uh, you know, if if the if the DNC or the or, or the Democratic Party were serious about winning election, I have three steps that could that could do it. One, you want a veteran, whether it's a man or a woman, doesn't matter. A veteran who's actually served in the military. Uh, two, that person needs to want to legalize marijuana for the entire country because Canada already did, and and other countries have already done it, and they're making more money, you know, on that economy. Yeah, yeah. And and building jobs and everything, we're still behind in that and number three is um they need to make school more affordable for everyone uh like joe rogan says you want to get rid of the losers man don't make any possibility for an excuse not to go to school and not to become educated oh it's too expensive not anymore pal you know it's it's not going to be too expensive for anyone anyone can go yeah that that those three things would make make like a shoe-in for a presidential election yeah and i also want to add one more is universal health care again we're the only country on earth a developed country supposedly we call them ourselves first world country but we don't even have we can't guarantee health care to the people so right I, that's, I, and to me that is, that's mind-blowing you know I, I would i hate the fact that some that some elderly people or some disabled people have to choose between eating and buying medicine that, that should never be the case yeah for sure and speaking about health that's actually a good segue because we suffered a lot from the covid 19 thing uh, so in Japan, in our case, we've actually been in the situation since January. So for us, it's been five months. It started off with a major fiasco, in my opinion, with that fucking Princess Diamond cruise ship, which makes me hate cruise ships a lot now, more, much more than before. You, you're in a tight compartment. You have many, like, hundreds of people. Uh, apparently, the rules were not respected. People were just walking everywhere, infecting, like, the crew, etc., uh, so it started off bad, but I'm kind of happy that they somehow got a handle of the situation. And for whatever reason, just Japan got lucky. For whatever reason, we just did not get the rates of infection that, you know, China got or definitely the U.S. So speaking about Trump again, since he doesn't believe in science, uh, he basically said, oh, it's not real. It's far away. It's never going to come here. Uh, Italy Italy was in the same situation, actually. The Italians were in the same situation. The Belgians were in the same boat. The French also missed the boat. Uh, it started off as this distant threat. 
which I always can use now because I say, look, this is the same with climate change. We, we say the exact same things. It's a distant threat. It's not going to come here. And then it hits us like an uppercut. So uh, I just want to hear your reaction. What did you think about how Trump handled the situation? Obviously, horribly. But <laughs> um, what do you think? He appealed to his people, man, because like, his people are the, are the fundamental Christians. And what did he, what did he do? He, he assigned Mike Pence. And Mike Pence has zero medical expertise in zero, like, you know, science background. He, the guy ran a, a Pray the Gay Away seminar, uh, you know, for, for years. And he thinks that, that saying magical spells or prayers is going to remove a virus. If that was the case, don't you think any of the people that died prayed? Right. You know, I mean, it, the, some of them had to have at least, you know, tried anything to, to not die. So that just shows you that, that that approach was ridiculous. Instead of instead of like funding like more research at a university or something like uh, you know pitching in with the WHO and saying let's solve this as a, not as an American or as a person who lives in the United States, but as a human being, let's solve this problem and give everyone the medicine. You know they didn't do all that and they just waited for so long. And then I have my issues with Japan as well because Japan tried to save their face and try to save the Olympic games all the way up until the end. Yeah. That had to have cost some lives. You know, that, I, agree, I don't, yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, I, but anytime that you don't respect like, um, the people by telling them, here's what's coming down the pipeline, you are risking lives. And some people will have to pay the ultimate price for that. Yeah, I agree. And one issue I had is that, uh, for a very long time, uh, even some of my friends, they kept playing soccer. So that means meeting together and playing together in the middle of a pandemic. And pe people with their kids taking them to the restaurants and proudly showing them off on, uh, you know, social media. To me, I was just horrified, really, that they're doing that. But it seems that they live in a universe where their actions just don't matter. Just uh, on this topic, I found an interesting quote by Chris Hedges. Uh, he's a writer. He's a famous writer. Uh, he wrote a, a book, which I, unfortunately I cut off the title, but I'll show it up later. The quote says, the cult of self dominates our cultural landscape. This cult has within it the classical traits of psychopaths, superficial charm, grandiosity, and self-importance, a need for constant stimulation, a penchant for lying, deception, and manipulation, and the inability to feel remorse or guilt. This is, of course, the ethic promoted by corporations. I just thought it's very interesting quote because it seems that today we have Instagram, we have TikTok, all this nonsense really and uh, you know just people uh, people using it to, to kind of create this fake celebrity person that let's face it they're not, they're, they're nobody really yeah you, you know um, back a few years ago people were doing planking and stuff like that yeah, like doing yeah. dangerous places so that's nothing, that's nothing really new but man um What's what's the price of fame, right? Like, would you really want to risk your life, and, and just to be famous on TikTok? Yeah, some. I think one guy in Singapore or something he died because he was working on the ledge of a tall building uh, during one of the shows and he fell down. Yeah, there was a couple guys. There was another guy who was hanging off the edge of a building. I think he might have been a Russian dude, and he he was doing he did like a pull up one with 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 two hands and then he did it with one hand. And then he tried to do another one with one hand, and he and he couldn't pull himself up, and his fingers just slipped, and he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. straight down. And these guys are not, we're not joking around. They get up high, 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 and on these towers and these skyscrapers.
let's talk about like um you mentioned before that there was no other candidates that had like a that had like a universal health care and stuff like that in mind except yeah. for Bernie. You're missing one guy. Remember Andrew Yang? I do. Yeah. He wanted to talk about um, universal income. Yes. Like basic basic universal income. So that basically um, what that is is that that guarantees you a certain level of money every every month. Yep. Yeah, and then so like if you if you want to let's say let's say it's two thousand dollars, that means that you're always going to have two thousand dollars regardless of what you do in, in your work. And then of course if you want to work and you want to make you know your regular salary plus two thousand dollars, that's great. But um, the idea behind that was like uh, it also opens up um, areas in life like for art or if you want to if you if you're willing to to live on two thousand dollars a month. You know, you, you you can be an artist, you could be a musician, you could be you know a comedian, whatever whatever you want to do. It it kind of opens opens you up there. But one thing that they overlooked is people are gonna know that you have that two thousand dollars a month. So everything is automatically gonna be two thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Your rent's never gonna be five hundred dollars a month. No, it's automatically two thousand dollars a month because they know they can get that or more, right? So even if even if you did give us like universal basic income, someone's gonna find a way to trick that uh, that system so they can get so they can get more money out of it out of it. Yeah, well, I think the UBI he basically was proposing a thousand bucks every month, so that was kind of the basic thing. And you're right, people are gonna screw that system, but that's why we have to not let those people screw the system. Uh, we have basically in America, we don't have democracy. We don't really have capitalism. We have crony capitalism. It's it's people who can be bought, politicians who are in the pocket of corporations, and that's that's the problem. I mean, corruption is a problem everywhere, unfortunately. But you know, in America, it's it's kind of like in your face corruption. We like we see it every day. Well, the first the first step to get rid of that will be uh, imposing term limits. Yes. But you know who you know who votes on term limits? The people who are in office. Right. So they're never gonna they're never gonna vote themselves out of a job. Right. Especially a job where they don't have to do anything. Speaking about art, I just want to plug in my book again. So uh, Beyond the Obscure, please get it. Uh, it's a great kind of film noir type story, psychological thriller horror. Uh, you're right. I think it's it's not just a thing for America, but I I think it would be a great idea in every country. And if, what you find is that. They tried it in Toronto, I think, for about two years. They had a pilot program. And guess who canceled it? Of course, the conservatives. Even Democrats in America aren't the same as Democrats were 50 years ago. I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's it's always the changing thing, man. Dude, Trump was a Democrat until he wanted to run for president again, right? Then yeah. he became a Republican. It's kind of like you just kind of pick a team, man. You don't really, and if you think that Trump believes in hundred percent in the in the Republican Party and hundred percent in like the, what the evangelical Christians are teaching, he's pulling the wool over your eyes, man. He, he that's what he does. He's faking you out. I just want to add one more thing. Uh, it's not just the term limits, but we also have to absolutely get rid of Citizens United. Uh, this rule that basically anybody, even abroad, like Putin, Putin can give direct direct money to Trump, for example. And, and that we have to stop. But of course, as you say, those people are getting money from that. So they're not going to do it. <laughs> they're not going to do anything against their own self-interest. And there's no way. 
couple of years ago, I was saying that all those people like in the government, they actually have investments in fossil fuel companies. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. So of course, they're not going to vote for the Green New Deal and things like that. Everybody in Congress is a fucking millionaire, man. Yeah. They they're, don't represent me. I'm not a millionaire by any any stretch of the meaning, right? Just think here. Yeah, so they don't represent me. Those guys are, are multi-millionaires, and some of them, they're like almost like uh, Kenneth Copeland, man. That you know they they have like a private jets and they have a big mansion, and they're just taking money from people, and they're not really doing what they're supposed to do. I just want to get your opinion on on one thing. So, for example, in Germany, you know, people say that look at Germany; they pay very high taxes. The electricity costs are pretty high. But I think that they're missing the bigger picture is that Germany has universal health care. They have free college systems. So in a way, you, you pay a little bit more in taxes, but look at the benefits you get. I mean, right now in the States, we have people coming out of college. Oh, forget it. They, they don't even finish college because they can't afford it. And people who do finish, they come out with this mountain of debt on their back that they spent the next 20, 30 years paying back. Right. So the thing is, like, um, like you said, they come out with a huge debt, college loans, right? Yeah. Like over a hundred thousand dollars. Like if you get a, if you get a master's degree, you're looking at over a hundred grand easily, you know. And, and and it gets more expensive the better, like the higher level your school is, right? Sure. Yeah. Right. It's like if you if you're in an Ivy League or versus like um, a state-run school, but the point is, you get out of there and like you're you're strapped down. You don't have any experience. You're gonna be taking the first job that you can get your hands on, and you'll be lucky if it's in your field, right? Because I mean, I, I work in IT, but my 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 background in college and stuff was all business, and so I, I ba- basically don't use anything that I learned there. But I I learned, you know, through Microsoft courses or through just doing like projects, right? That's basically how I make a living. So. Why is it so bad to have an education? Uh, we have we really seem to have this movement going on, and I don't know what you think about it. Well, of course, education is key to, to success in life, and uh, I think that we need to look at how we're educating people. Because, like, uh, if you take like the British version of education or in the American version, they're completely different, man. Like the American version will give you like a well-rounded like uh, if you're if you're going to study engineering, but you still need to study. Uh, you know, some electives like history and you need to study some other, other things that aren't focused on, on on your main objective of being an engineer. But in England, if you want to be an engineer, you just focus on math and science and everything that, that goes into being an engineer. I think there needs to be a, a, a level or a level playing field, right? And we need to actually look at how we're educating people. And then also, I, I agree that college is important, but it's not for everyone. We also need to we also need to have trades like plumbers. We need to have uh, journeymen electricians. You know, we need to have all these guys as well. So that those kind of things should be actually taught, maybe even in high school or post high school. You know, courses where, where people will ha- would have access to them. You know, maybe maybe you don't want to be a doctor. Maybe you're happy being a car mechanic or or a, a guy who fixes air conditioners. Yeah. those options should be available to people, but I don't think they are in every place right now. I actually went to an international school, so I was privileged enough to see both the UK system and the US system. And basically, all the UK students, they went for what's called A-levels, and the Americans went for GCSE. And I have to say, just looking at both of them, the GCSE looked a lot harder than the A-levels. So so there's that. Right. 
Well, I spent a little time, not myself, but I mean, I was there. I was spent a little time working with Oxford University, and I spent some time over there, and I saw and I saw the British uh, version of that. And they, they've actually got really elite schools where you have one-to-one uh, teacher and student. It's like they'll have 300, 300 professors on staff and 300 students. Yeah. Like Pembroke is like that. And then you basically follow that professor around, and he guides you and teaches you everything you need to know about – for example, I keep using my example of an engineer, but how to become an engineer and what to do in engineering, right? I thought that was quite interesting. It's interesting that despite all the problems that America has right now, uh, we still have successful companies like SpaceX who basically lead the world, not just the country, but the entire world in development. I mean, there's nobody else out there who can land the rockets, for example. So that means nobody has the reusable capability. So, um, I mean, how, how do you kind of put the two and two together we have this huge issues we have poverty in the nation we have you know starving children etc and at the same time we have kind of state-of-the-art capability how does that both coexist well i mean it's it's like um two sides of the same coin isn't it it's like opposite opposite of each other what we need to do is we need to make sure that everyone can contribute and everyone can do their part um it's uh, you got to look at it like this. I I couldn't build a rocket, and you know, and then make sure it relands. But I might be really really um, awesome at designing video games. Sure. So there there needs to be a path for each person to take uh, based on what their talents are, and and then let them assess that. Let them let them you know take tests like uh, aptitude tests. Even in the military, they do that. They give you like a an aptitude test. To help you decide what job you're going to get in the military, and then based on your score, they're like, you know, people with your personality and with your score are more successful in these in these careers. Why don't you choose from one of them? I think we should probably have that in 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 education as well, you know, and then and then focus on what what people are good at. If you're awesome at math and you're awesome at electronics, then then why not go into rocketry or robotics or something like that? But if you're if you're an artist and you're good at writing books and or you like to paint? Why not? Why not let that person uh, be focused on that? So on the last show, it was a restart show. It was my first show in a half a year, but now I'm trying to get back into it. I mentioned that basically we have two giant threats to the planet right now. Number one, and that's that actually comes from Noam Chomsky. Uh, he said, number one, we have nuclear war, and number two is climate change. I would put in there a superbug as well because it's very possible that I mean COVID nineteen is bad, but it's it's really not as horrible as it could be. Um, but so nuclear war, I think people have to be very dumb, okay. Uh, but climate change is a very real thing. So I, I personally I do my show mostly about climate change now because I strongly feel that this is the one issue that can really wipe out not just millions of us but billions of us uh, through various effects. Uh, what do you personally know about climate change? And I'm not trying to look at you, kind of look down on you here, because it's okay if you don't know anything on the topic. But I just want to know uh, personally, what do you know about the topic, and how serious do you think it is? Oh, I'm very serious. Um, my 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 understanding mostly comes from the oceans, because I, I was a scuba diver for 30 years, and uh, I saw a lot of a lot of changes. You see a lot of like places where the coral is dying off and it's getting bleached white. And that, and that is like uh, for me, it was right in front of my eyes because I remember going to places like, like I said, thirty years ago and diving, and then coming back, and and all that life that was there before is all gone or dead, 
You know, it's just like a bleached white coral. You can look at the Great Barrier Reef and see that happening now. You can look at places like even in Japan, where in Japan they have a lot, a lot of soft corals and stuff like that because of the interesting way that the water temperatures work here. Uh, you get like the hot water coming in off the Philippines and the cold water coming in from another direction. So you get like a good mixture of hot and cold, tropical and, and cold water fish and life. But a lot of that's changing oh, even the, in the last 10 years that I've seen. And uh, it's quite shocking. And, they, and I've, I've heard that we are getting to the point of no return if we haven't yeah. reached it already. And um, I think that as government leaders, since we're talking about presidents and, and, uh, and uh, democratic parties here in Japan, I think that that needs to be taking a higher priority on people's lists and, and, and on government's lists. And we need to... To, to, I don't know, maybe supplement people for getting off of um, fossil fuels, making carbon taxes a thing here in Japan. I don't, know, I don't know if it is yet or not. That's that's kind of outside of my wheelhouse. But yeah, climate change is definitely something we need to focus on. And um, think about it. It's a very basic, basic thing. If you kill the planet you're living on, you can't live on the planet. You know that's very correct. Yes. Right. So it's it's not it's not really hard to understand. So we need to figure out ways of using sustainable energy and, and crops that we can, you know, keep growing and keep people fed. But uh, yeah, it's it's something that I, I think about often as well. And, and also, um, I think it's one thing to point out a problem, and it's another thing to come in with solutions. Everyone, everyone knows the why. Oh, we should do this. We should do this. Tell me how. Tell me how to do it. What yeah. can I do? Yeah. Tell me what. What. What can we invent? What do we need to? Uh, you know, to to get to the next level, the next step. You know, everyone says a how, but they need to be thinking about. I mean, everyone says a why, but they need to think about a how. Yeah. Well, I think when I talked to Professor Cook about it, well, Dr. Cook, I should say, uh, he said, uh, basically, of course, things matter, like changing light bulbs or getting electric vehicle, which I both have. Uh, by the way, we, we basically don't drive anymore, really. We drive once a week. And basically, even if you drive every day of the month, you only have to refuel once once instead of once every week how it was before so i mean those changes do matter those small changes accumulate but really what we have to do is start fighting the industry and you know start telling the government look stop giving subsidies to fossil fuel companies and instead subsidize the green air economy sector which has more jobs anyway there's more jobs in solar than in coal so right and you know, I think uh, um, the people we have in power now, they're used to a certain way of life. Because I think everybody, everybody who's in power now was probably born before World War II or slightly after World War II. Because if you look at the age of the people in Congress, those guys are all about, you know, manufacturing jobs and yeah. and, uh, and 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 uh, making cars in America again. Those are things that we don't need to do. But like you, like you were leading to, why not focus on batteries? Why not focus on you know battery technology or or reusable rockets or stuff stuff like that, things that we can make a positive change with, right? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you one last question, and this is actually a gaming question since we both played that game. Uh, so the Detroit Become Human, I thought it's a, it's an awesome game. Just beyond the graphics, which of course looked incredible, uh, the story was incredibly interesting. I think it's a it's a very good idea to take Detroit, which right now, let's be honest, it's it's kind of a dump. I mean, it, largely, 
it was a it was a car manufacturing center. Now it's not. Uh, so why not rebuild that city with something new like androids, which I think is a brilliant idea. Why not just energize these these you know economy sectors like that? Right. Well, well, that'd be great. Um, I would love to see like um, something like like the movie like the movie iRobot or you know like the video game Detroit. I'd love to see things that you know could help out people who are disabled or walk dogs or you know walk around picking up trash. That'd be cool, but um, the thing is, you gotta find you gotta find a way to manufacture it and make it affordable enough for people to purchase it. Yeah. Of course, you know, I, Tesla's a fantastic car. It's awesome. Can everyone afford a Tesla? Uh, not at the moment. You know, you have to be in a pretty good circumstance to be able to afford one, right? So even though it's the greatest technology, if people can't afford it, and uh, it's it's out of their reach. Specifically talking about AI, I know that some people are kind of ringing the alarm bells on it. They're saying, oh my God, the AI is going to overtake the world and kill everybody. I'm personally not in that boat whatsoever. I think it's just a kind of ridiculous, silly thought, fear-mongering. Well, think about how much our lives have changed since 2007 when we got our first iPhones, right? Before 2007, like people who, let's say people who lived uh, all the way up to the year 2000, they wouldn't have any idea how to function in the world today, right? Yeah. Yeah, so after we have affordable uh, androids like like you're talking about where that people can actually use them for helping disabled people, doing remedial tasks, you know, uh, cleaning houses and whatnot, once that becomes the norm, uh, I think people will not be able to live without it anymore. It's just it's just finding that, that balance between the cost and, and the benefit. Sure. Uh, of that technology and specifically talking about ai do you do you see it as a threat or do you see it as something that kind of natural evolution uh i would say i would go with natural evolution i'm not threatened by technology i'm, I'm i embrace it i look forward to it i want i want cooler stuff you know i you, you can't see my my desk around right now because i'm using a back a backdrop but i've got to the left of me, I've got uh, VR glasses. I've got my PlayStation 4. I love those kind of things, man. Those are all things that wouldn't have been possible 10 years ago. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's amazing. The fact that we, you and I, we live in the same country, but we're, we're shoot, at least an hour apart by train. Uh, but we can sit here and have a TV show, you know, it, uh, live on the internet. That's all technology. That, that stuff's amazing to me. Uh, all right, good. Um, I think that's all I wanted to get today. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's right. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more of your shows. I want I want people to come out and get, and get your book. Hey, is it possible for people to get an autograph uh, copy of your book? Oh, man, I think at the moment it's very difficult because, you know, it comes straight from Amazon. So okay. that's, that's all you get. But All right. Well, think about it. Well, well, maybe there's some technology we can use. like a, Right. <laughs> just let people get... Uh, the autograph versions and uh so the next show will be on friday and uh well what i'm planning is to do a show about roscosmos it's the russian space agency and right now of course uh the success of spacex was kind of like a big kick in the teeth to roscosmos it's interesting because in russia of course we have a strong man in power so putin is basically a dictator okay so trump right now is really trying to be a dictator as well so we see this rise in many other countries like brazil as well we have well he's basically an, a fascist he, he doesn't even hide it uh what do you think about this this thing that's going on right now i mean why are all these movements rising up to power um 
I think we let it happen. I think if you if you give people unlimited power, they're never going to give it back. Yeah. 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 Look at Star Wars, man. I always bring it back to Star Wars. Emperor Palpatine, he said, "Oh, I'm just taking these uh, these rights until the the Clone Wars finish, and then after he, after that, he's established the Empire." And you know, that's a that's a movie and that's fiction, but uh, it real life is, can play out like that. You start giving these guys unlimited power today or yesterday. Trump said he was going to um, take active duty military people and put them loose on on some of the protesters yeah, I heard inside that. Yeah, the United yeah. States. Yeah. That's that's for me. I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought this is fake. This has got to be a fake, but it's it's not fake. It's real. He really said that. You know, Tupac Shakur said it. Uh, we basically have to look at each other like a brother and not as a stranger, as a foreigner. Um, these type of very discriminatory terms, we we really have to look past that. I mean, we're in the twenty first century, for God's sake. Right. I can't believe that we're talking about racism this far down the line, right? Yeah. And also, the more people you know, the more stuff you know, the more cultures you know, it just makes life that much more interesting. And then if someone tells you something, ask them how they got that knowledge. Where did that come from? True. Don't just accept it, you know. Ask questions. All right. That's actually a fantastic note to end on. Uh, All right. So thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for being on. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And so for the rest of you, I'll see you on Friday. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.